Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FT. Hello and welcome to World Weekly. I'm Orla Ryan. This week, President Barack Obama unveiled America's most far-reaching action on climate change yet by imposing stringent emissions cuts on the power sector. The move faces ferocious opposition from political rivals and industry and comes ahead of key climate talks in December this year. Joining me in the studio for a discussion is Polita Clark, the FT's environment correspondent, and on the line from our bureau in Washington is Barney Jobson. First, Polita, how significant is this for the climate talks taking place later this year? Well, it's very welcome, but it's by no means a game changer. It doesn't change at all the pledges that the US has already made ahead of these uh, big UN negotiations that are going to culminate in Paris in December, where nearly 200 countries are due to sign a global climate change deal. What it does do is it gives a much better idea of how and when the US targets that they've already laid out might be achieved. And that in itself is very welcome news. Obviously, countries are quite good and practised at announcing these ambitious goals. They're rather less good at delivering, as we've seen, which is why global emissions have continued to rise. So I don't see this as being a huge game changer. You have to understand in these, there's quite a bit of confusion about the way these negotiations work. The US never ratified the only existing legally binding global climate treaty. We have the 1997 Kyoto Protocol, even though it was at the time by far the biggest emitter. It is now still the second largest emitter and, of course, remains the wealthiest country alongside China. The trouble is that by failing to do that, they were seen as being a real laggard in these talks. And so there's been enormous pressure for them to come forward and do more. And of course, President Obama and his Secretary of State, John Kerry, have been extremely active in the talks now. In fact, they're arguably overtaking the EU in some ways when it comes to driving the negotiations. But, you know, this was really expected. And what would have been a game changer would have been if they'd not come out and said how they're going to implement these uh, power plant proposals. Yeah, interesting. I just wondered, Barney, because, okay, it's not a game changer, but within the US, this has sort of created a lot of controversy. And I know that President Obama has faced a lot of opposition from business Republicans. Is this definitely going to happen? Well, for the time being, it's really hard to say whether it is going to survive or not. As you say, it is facing huge opposition from Republicans and some business groups, not all business groups, but some. And the way those people are going to try to stop this is in the courts. So the problem that power companies and manufacturers have is that they say this plan is going to push up electricity prices, it's going to jeopardise the reliability of the electricity supply. The problem that Republicans, in particular Republican state governors have, is that they say it's an infringement on their rights, that the federal government is telling them how to run their power sector and it's not allowed to do that. And that issue is going to be the heart of a lot of the lawsuits. They're going to focus on states' rights. Some of the other legal challenges are going to focus on more technical aspects of the way this plan was drawn up. And they're probably going to go on for several years. Maybe they'll still be going on when President Obama's left office. 
But the most immediate thing is those opponents are going to try and get a stay order or an injunction in the courts to stop the implementation of this plan even beginning. They're very much aware that with some previous environmental proposals from the administration, they've gone into effect straight away. They've eventually been overturned in the courts, but by the time they're overturned, it's too late because industry has already spent a lot of money to implement them. So this time round, they want to stop this in its tracks before it even becomes reality. Okay, so the legal challenges are already beginning. I mean, it also comes at a very interesting time in US politics with the sort of the presidential campaign getting underway. What difference do you think this will make to that campaign? Is climate change going to become an election battleground? I don't think it's going to be the most important issue in the 2016 election, but it's going to be one of them. And the president's plan ensures there's a fresh policy initiative over climate to fight about. Now, Hillary Clinton was very quick this week to throw her full support behind the president's plan. So there's no daylight between the Democrats on that. On the other side, we've got 16 or 17 Republicans who are against it. And there are really two political reasons why they're opposed. One is this plan kind of plays into the broader Republican narrative that President Obama and the Democrats are interventionists who want to meddle in the economy, want to tell people what to do when the Republicans say they should get out of the way. And then the specific reasons why they're opposed to this politically is there's still a huge amount of scepticism in the Republican Party over climate change. Some Republicans say it's not happening at all. Some say it's happening, but humans aren't contributing to it. Some say it's happening, humans are contributing to it, but it's not such a grave problem that it warrants us spending billions of dollars to resolve it. And those aren't just political viewpoints. There is actually a large proportion of the American population that concurs. So the Republicans are staking out positions that do reflect the views of some of the electorate, at least. And the challenge that Democrats have is that even though Other people in the electorate say, yes, climate change is a problem, we're worried about it, and we want you to act on it. When you ask them to rank it alongside lots of other things, like jobs and income, climate change still doesn't rise up to the top of the list, even for a large number of Democrats. Back to Polita. I just wondered, after the US announcement, do you think we can now expect any other announcements from participants in the climate change talks? Are we now going to see a flurry of activity in the run-up? Probably not, but what we are going to see is there are quite a few countries have yet to make the initial pledges ahead of Paris that the US has already made. And uh, we are in particular waiting to see what Australia is going to say, um, India, Brazil and a number of others, because the way this is working this year is that all countries are supposed to be putting out their climate pledges, as the US actually did back in March, along with the EU and um, quite a few other developed countries. They're all supposed to be putting out these pledges ahead of the Paris meeting so that we will all be able to see what they all add up to and whether they're actually going to be enough to limit global warming to two degrees from pre-industrial times. It's already gone up by about one degree. It's already clear, because we already know what the US and China and the main emitters have offered, it's already clear that it's not going to be enough to stop global temperatures rising above two degrees. So we're really waiting to see if countries can produce a deal in Paris that is somehow going to ensure that in coming years that level of ambition is increased. In other words, we need a lot more action from a lot more countries. Barney, much as business has complained about this plan, or some businesses have complained about it, there are also incentives for other businesses who could benefit from it. Right. One of the main attack lines is that this plan is going to result in lost jobs, particularly in states and regions that are heavily dependent on the coal industry. The counterpoint from Democrats 
is that it's actually going to create jobs in other parts of the energy economy where there's great potential for growth, namely renewables, wind power, solar power. They're both expanding their contribution to the US electricity supply, even though it's still small in percentage terms. But the administration is saying, firstly, that the price of those renewables has come down so much that they're much more competitive than they were even a year ago. And secondly, to give them an extra boost, the administration is offering to provide credits in the form of an incentive scheme to encourage more state governments to invest money in wind and solar and give them some federal support to do so. Have we seen a stronger take up of renewables globally, Peter? We have. In fact, the growth of wind and solar in particular has really outstripped what people were expecting certainly 10, 15 years ago and even as much as five years ago. And in fact, that's one of the reasons that the US has changed its projections for what's going to happen under this clean power plan because, um, as Barney says, there's been far greater deployment than was expected. And that's partly because basically buying a rooftop solar panel even for your own home that used to uh, quite recently cost about as much as a new car is now really the cost of a decent television. So costs have come down significantly and that makes a big difference for generators as well as anyone wanting to put a rooftop solar panel on their home. So yes, we are seeing big differences that is starting to make a big difference, particularly in developing countries where we're seeing a lot of deployment of wind and solar farms that simply didn't exist five, six years ago. Okay, well, thank you very much. I guess we'll just have to see how much difference the Obama plan will make in practice, both for America and for the coming climate talks. My thanks to Barney Jobson in Washington and Polita Clark here in the studio with me. Till next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.